0: What is up y'all welcome to another episode of the two game podcast this is a special edition episode we are doing a deep dive series into Final Fantasy 10 this is part three so if you have not listened to part one and part two of our deep dive series I highly recommend going to check out those two first and then coming back to this as much as I want you to to listen to our episodes go check out those first two episodes first uh but today i am joined by chris norman how are you today sir
1: uh doing well man hello everyone
0: it is a uh top of the morning to you sir and very very bright and early i should say
1: well yeah it is that it is that it feels much earlier than it is i think a little bit for both of us i'm not really sure why but (laughs) right that's okay chris has coffee so we'll pull through
0: i i have water (laughs) i don't know that i don't know that's gonna do anything for me but guys, if you have not been joining us or if you're new to this Deep Dive series, basically Chris and I do uh, do a Deep Dive series and we break it up into uh, small segments so you can uh, play the game with us and whatnot. We did a Deep Dive series into Xenoblade Chronicles 2, had a hell of a lot of fun with that one. And now we are in the midst of Final Fantasy X. We have broken it up into five parts. This is part three. We are covering everything from the uh, Thunder Planes all the way until the uh, the scene at the very end of the, uh, right before the calm lens, right? Is that right? Yep.
1: The yep. last thing you do before you venture into the calm lens, And it's called the scene because it's just the scene. It's, it's 20 minutes. It's like watching an episode of an anime. So you'll know when you get to it.
0: Exactly. When it happened with me, I was like, oh, oh I remember this.
1: <laughs> I got that text. Oh, this is the scene. OK,
0: got it. Uh, but before we actually jump into the actual recap, review, everything, discussion about part three, Chris felt like it was a good time to kind of jump into and explain some of these individual characters that you're going to be dealing with over the course of your 60 hour journey through this game. So we're going to go through that. We're going to talk about each individual character. And then once we're done with that, then we'll dive into uh, the actual story portion of part three. So uh, first up, we're going to talk about Lulu, sir. So uh, Lulu is is definitely one of my favorite characters out of the uh, out of the bunch. She grew up with Yuna and Besed. She's the uh, girlfriend of Waka's brother, Chapu. And she kind of still grieves over his death. She has like this stoic, straightforward, no shit taking type of personality. She specializes in the black magic. It gives her uh, access to a, to a number of offensive uh, spells. Her overdrive fury allows her to cast like several black magic spells rapidly. I honestly just to, actually let me rephrase that. Uh, I find this overdrive to be fairly weak. Actually, considering you're firing off like four or five magic spells at once. And I don't know what it is about her overdrive that I don't like. Maybe it's Um, something I have to turn that fucking right analog stick multiple times in in a circle. That's
1: exactly what it is. Um, You hate her overdrive because you have only seen it on the Switch. Uh, the the tiny little analog stick on the switch. Even if you do what you used to do for your N64 when you were like seven, and just put your palm on it, for some reason doesn't register as many. So I can remember back when I played it on the PlayStation Two and even the PlayStation Three. Um, it would hit. It, it, they are each spell is weaker because you're hitting multiple, but it would hit for eight or nine rather than four or five. So yeah. So her overdrive has given you about 60% of what it should be. That's I mean, one thing that definitely did not translate.
0: Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. And to be completely fair, I always, because I don't ever use my overdrives. I, I usually just save them for, mm-hmm. uh, for like bosses or some shit. I always forget to do the circle until like five seconds later. Halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, overdrive. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the prompt to come up like me to push a certain button, and I forget that it's uh, it's the one overdrive that you have to do circles with. And I'm like, fuck,
1: god damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sucks. It is cool. Just a side little asterisk ADD moment. I do love how each overdrive essentially has a different little thing you have to do to beef it up. I think that's, I've always thought that was really cool. Uh, like yeah. Hers in particular sucks, because like I said, Joy-Con analog sticks are dick, but like Aaron's remembering all the button sequences. That's pretty sweet. You get to where you can do it so fast you don't even look at the buttons while you press them. You
2: just. How does it go?
1: I'm not doing it again. Get one. <laughs> Actually, I don't give do shit.
0: You sound like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> A brother from another mother. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, what really throws me off is when we get to uh, Kamari's. Uh, overdrive how you don't do anything for that and it always mm-hmm. throws me off always oh my god just
2: dude.
1: pointlessly stop. mashing random buttons with no benefit
0: wait what are you talking about? what i
1: said what well, if you get to kamara's and you forget that you're not supposed to do anything then you just start pointlessly okay. mashing random buttons with absolutely no benefit
0: okay. You threw me, you had me worried for a second. I thought I was supposed to be pushing random buttons. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> oh, that's why my Kamari blows. I got it.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, she has, uh, she has like this doll that she carries around with her, which I haven't really figured that out in the uh, lore up to this point. Maybe you can explain it a little bit better. Uh, she uses various dolls to attack with. So does it. Is that like a future spoiler for the game? Because I don't remember that.
1: No, it's never really a dress. It's just a Final Fantasy thing with little moogles and whatnot. And I, I'm assuming that they took the the doll stance to resemble like a voodoo doll since she's a black mage.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I didn't know if there was like a, like a actual like, character reason for her to have it. Because that's really the only person that has it in the entire game. That's the only time it shows up.
1: Right, yeah. No, no. I, I, if there is. I've never caught it.
0: Okay. Well, she has uh, low health. God, does she have low health. Uh, She does. But she does dodge uh, quite frequently. I will will say she has.
1: It's kind of one of those things, like you said, cancels out because her evasion is probably twice that of everybody else.
0: She will she will dodge a motherfucking uh, attack. I will. I will 100 percent give her that. But when she gets hit, she gets hit, And you just go ahead and prepare to uh, to heal her. uh, Mm -hmm. You're right. So, is is Lulu, like, one of your, your favorite characters, sir? Or, 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 at this point in the game, where's Lulu on your on your gauge?
1: Oh, uh, Lulu is, yes, she is, from a character standpoint, just, like, personality traits, she's probably my overall favorite character. Um, just because I love that, no bullshit, shut up when I'm talking, you're an idiot kind of personality, I've always liked that. Uh from a useful standpoint. Yes, at this point in the game, she is I never keep her in the party because I I like to keep the three fastest people in the party to guarantee your first hits more times than not, but she's always the first one I bring in when I sub somebody out. So, I mean, that just kind of goes to show you
2: it, uh-huh. it's an odd jump later, but
1: I don't know, I she just she just hits so hard for where she's at right now.
2: Eh, she though?
0: <laughs> this dude got me hooked on Yuna using black magic, and it's like, Lulu, uh, I hate it, but do I really even need you anymore?
1: Well, you're getting a little ahead of yourself, there, friend. <laughs> 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 Remember, we're on the Thunder Plains.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, future spoilers. <laughs> 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 uh, that's anyway, why dude. I was
1: I was so careful not to say it, Then I was like uh oh, how do I word it? How do I word it?
0: <laughs> and then I go and fuck it up.
1: Yeah, it be all right.
0: Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> uh but next up we're going to talk about Yuna who is the daughter of the high summoner of Braska. Uh she's on a pilgrimage to destroy sin, essentially. Uh she's honest, kind, caring and has like a determined personality. She almost has like this I don't want to say like a fish out of water personality, but she's so What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh not in tune with anything in the in the world. But that's that's probably a little hard to say because a lot of her conversations are with Titus, so he's mm-hmm. always trying to explain the shit that she's just like, What the fuck is that? <clears throat> but she just seems like a down to earth, like girl next door vibe.
1: Yeah, definitely. And she's uh, I think naive is probably a good word for you know.
0: Naive. That's not the word I was thinking of, but yeah, that'd be a great word.
1: Yeah, like she's very intelligent. She's kind of shy a little bit, but at the same time, it's just like she she's seen what she's seen in the world up to this point, and she just has a sense of bewilderment about everything else. That's why she's so into listening to Titus Ramble on about what everybody else thinks this is his fictional non-existent home, but mm-hmm. she's, all about, she's all about it.
0: So, she is the only character that can summon Aeons with her Overdrive being Grand Summon, where her Aeon is summoned with their Overdrive already full. Uh, she specializes in curative and defensive white magic spells. Uh, but she's the goat when it comes to uh, Blad... Ma- Blad.
2: <laughs> Blad. <laughs> Blad.
1: <laughs> That's that bad black like, magic.
0: Uh, but she is the goat when it comes to black magic. Get back in my notes, uh, she has a nice and slow development of her character where she's like 100 percent about Yevon and its teachings until Titus makes her realize there's more to life than just the ultimate sacrifice. Which she has a lot of character development throughout this uh, specific part, even though she's. You know what? I'm going to keep that to myself, and we're just gonna move on to uh, Waka because there's a lot of spoilers I'm, I'm I could say with about Yuna. Do you have anything else you want to say about Yuna before we move on to her?
1: Nope, that covers it. All right.
0: So Waka is the first person that Titus meets after washing up in Besed. His brother Chapu died while yielding a Machina weapon, which Waka holds a resentment for Machina and bigotry towards the Albed who used him. My God, is this dude a racist? Straight up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I used, when I was a kid, man, I used to think Waka was so funny. I I just because it, it I didn't think he was funny because it was racist. I thought he was funny because I didn't really understand the calamity of everything he was saying as like a twelve year old. Mm-hmm. But at one point I was playing the game as a teenager and I was like, man, this guy is just a bigoted, stupid asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: dude is the worst.
1: He is literally the worst. He's definitely my least favorite character in the party. But that being said, even now and especially later in the game, he is one of the most useful characters you can use for combat. So it's just kind of a. Mm,
2: yeah, how you I want would, it, you
0: know, I'll tell you how I want sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, I think uh, I think you kind of described it the best. I think he is one of the more useful guys on my team up right now, because he's usually. Yeah, I would say he's hitting about the same as like, not the same as Titus, but a little bit more than Titus. And he, I mean, obviously takes care of those ranged uh, foes, which, by the way, he's a ranged attacker who is perfect against those faster flying fiends. And he's definitely one of the more useful people in the party for me personally. Uh, but character wise, uh, there's just there's just not there for me. There's just nothing there for me to, to really grab onto to. That makes me like I wouldn't die on a hill for this character. Anyway,
1: no, I'd push him off the hill for sure.
0: And there's like there's there's some development of his character throughout part three, which we'll get into in just a little bit. And uh, I, I do appreciate them kind of walking away from maybe some of that racism. But uh, up to this point, yeah, he's just he's just a big old asshole. Honestly, he's and uh, so
1: stupid. God, is he stupid? Right.
0: <laughs> he's a uh, staunch follower and believer of the teachings of Yevon. Uh, very loyal, big hearted and frequently tries to cheer up the group. But also racist. So, what are you gonna do about that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his overdrive is slots that deals various damaging effects with his fall, and he also has an overdrive called attack reels. Which I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Chris have the floor for just a second to explain attack reels.
1: Yeah, I, at first I was gonna be real careful about how I explained this, but then I realized it's actually not a spoiler because you could actually have all of his overdrives unlocked at this point. So. Waka is obviously a Blitzball player for the Besaid Aurochs. And he. Everything you do to upgrade Waka as far as his overdrives and his legendary weapon and unlocking the full power of his legendary weapon later in the game is done through Blitzball. So as you play and you do tournaments and leagues and shit, you'll randomly notice that his overdrives come up one by one by one at first in prizes for tournaments and I think one of them's maybe a top score prize at some point. And then after that it's followed by the legendary stuff that we'll cover at a later date. But so he's got four. He's got element reels, which is his default, which is essentially Slots is exactly what it sounds like. When you do is overdrive, it makes a little slot machine and you have to try to land on a certain icon. So if you land on like three thun- three lightning bolts, you get a thunder powered attack, you know, any element, all four of them. I think the next one you get is, I think it's status reels, which deals with like poison, sleep, confusion, dark, stuff like that. You can do damage and inflict that guaranteed on an enemy as long as the enemy's not immune to that particular stat. And then the one after that is Attack Reels, which is just physical stuff. And then the last one is Oryx Reels. And Oryx Reels is definitively the best, obviously, because they save it for last. But, um, I don't know, that's how you unlock them, and they're all useful and cool in separate ways. But it's just so hard for me not to do anything but Element Reels with fire damage because I'm still a child, and I think it's hilarious to scream Waka of Flame. <laughs> I can't help myself but yeah if you can it it takes a little while to get there in Blitzball so that's why I'm just telling you how to do it now because people who play this game either play Blitzball or they don't but if you want to if you want to take Waka to the backs, you got to do it and it's worth it for Oryx Reels for sure because if you can ever unlock his max damage limit I mean it'll hit for the strength you had him right now it would hit over
2: 9999 already Damn. So, I mean,
0: are we going to get attack reels here in the in the future, or is it just a blitzball thing?
1: Uh, you got you got to play blitzball to get it.
0: Damn. Uh, guess I'm not getting it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. You promised me five games.
0: <laughs> well, I don't fucking remember this. You <laughs> I did. Five games.
1: You absolutely did. You said you'll give it four or five games to see if you hate it as much afterward. Remember, we said we'd save it for a later part.
0: <laughs> Replay the tapes, sir. Replay You're not
1: backing tape. out of this shit now. <laughs> it's not happening.
0: I will come to your house and force you to play this
1: shit. Yes.
0: Next up, we have Aran, who is a former warrior monk of Yevin, a guardian of Summoner of Nebraska, and Titus's caretaker. Pretty much the mentor of the group. He's the voice of reason. He almost has, like, this black and white view of the world. Where there's the mission and basically nothing else. He's strict, no nonsense. Uh, He wields katanas and or a katana, not katanas. It's singular, uh, and has a spear grid that vastly improves HP and strength. So essentially, he's the tank in the group, which also means he is also slow as shit. uh, But he's hard hitting and lots of HP. His uh, overdrive is Bushido, and learns new abilities by collecting movie spheres, which. I have like three, three moves in that, uh, in that overdrive right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. is that pretty good for where we're at? I feel like I like, have I been missing some?
1: Uh, yeah, there's only four. So you've got all but the last one and there's, you have to gather all 10 of the spheres to get the last one. So, I mean, if you've got three, you're, you're pretty close. So close, sir. So close. So very close. I think it takes. I think you got to have five of them to get the third one. So you're at least halfway there. Oh,
0: fair enough. Uh so yeah, I like. I like Arn. I mean, he's cool. Um, I mean, he's he's so silent, and he, they don't really dive into his character too too much. Uh, over these uh, first three parts, so it's kind of like, uh, how do I? How can he be my favorite when they really don't dive into him that much? You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, he is. He's he's, he's he's honest he's not a background character at all. But he is kind of just the. To me, he's like kind of the gramps of the group, but useful. He's not just literally wasting space inside of a helmet. I mean, and he, then
0: never, and then never shows up until the, to right. Talk to, <laughs> talk to <Ryan>. right.
1: <laughs> but he's kind of like just the you know the old wise guy. Kind of keeps everybody in line. He's kind of like you said, very straightforward to the point. uh, Combat perspective, he is useful, especially toward the. 50 to 75% part of the game that we're going to be actually getting into in this episode because um his thing is like statistical dis- statistically disabling people. So he's got like power break that makes people weaker, armor break that makes people have lower defense, magic break that lowers magic and mental break that lowers magic defense and you'll see a lot of fiends that you have to like, well, we talked about one yesterday. Actually, we won't get there yet. Well, I guess we can mention that when we get to that actual character. But um, just those abilities are very useful because you're going to have to use them on a lot of the fiends that you're going to fight from here on out. So, again, he's not somebody that you want to keep in your party because he's slow as shit, but he's somebody that you're going to sub in and out a lot of, if nothing else, for his pure attack damage and those abilities alone.
2: I don't know, dude. I keep him in there a lot. Well, but you I know mean, me?
0: I like- that's just my playstyle, though. Like, we all know my playstyle, and that is I like to get in there, get in there hard, and get out fast. Like, I want to do as well, much damage as I can quickly.
1: Well, keeping him out of your party will actually help you do that faster. So, if if a character's speed is higher, Like, my party is, at this point, it's always Yuna, Riku, and Titus, because they're the three fastest of the seven. If you come into a battle and you have, like, Lulu, Kamari, and Auron in there, if the Fiend that you fight has a higher speed than they do, they're going to ambush you. So you'll actually, a lot of times, you'll wind up losing that first turn. But if your characters are faster than the Fiend, it'll either be a preemptive strike or just a normal, where they all get to attack first, and then instead of attacking with them, you can just sub one out for Auron. So oh, you okay. still get to hit him with the first, hit, you know, first, but you don't ever, most more times than not, you don't get ambushed and you don't lose that actual turn and get attacked first.
0: Okay, let, let me, let me phrase, he's not always in the front line, but I use him a lot though.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. oh for sure. I, mean, okay, yeah, well, no, he's,
0: I, I didn't realize we were talking about just like strictly the first three that comes out of the, out of the, out the gate.
1: Oh, yeah, when I say I keep him in my party, that's what I meant. I probably worded that wrong. I mean, at this point, I try to use everybody every battle unless I'm just trying to blast to a certain part of the story or whatever. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he 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 definitely, he's useful enough that he's one of the ones you're going to hit with the most.
0: Yeah, and, dude, I'm telling you, maybe I'm comparing this playthrough a lot to my first playthrough of the game, and now that I'm kind of using the armor break and whatnot, I'm like... Did I even use that the first playthrough? I don't know, dude. My first playthrough fucking sucked.
1: <laughs> I, I, am, I just wish I, am, I could uh, I wish I could have been there for that. I it would have been so entertaining to hear you just bitch and curse.
0: There's just so much shit that I've learned this second time around. I'm like, we could we could have fucking done that the entire time? What
2: <laughs> the fuck?
0: Oh, uh, I fucking hate myself. It'd be uh, like but that sometimes. The main protagonist of Final Fantasy X is Titus he is a rising star blitz ball player from Xanarchan. Uh, basically we are experiencing this world of Sphera and learning everything at the same time that Titus learns it so essentially he's like the uh, the Rex of this game uh, he's selfless upbeat but also immature and emotional uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve he wields uh, swords and shields with his fear grid kind of granting him white magic time status spells with uh, high agility, evasion, and accuracy, uh, he's basically a Dex build. Essentially, he's he's not going to deal a ton of damage, but he's quick and he's going to get in, get out, do a yep. little bit here, a little bit damage here, a little bit damage there, and he's gonna fucking move. Basically, uh, the overdrive is swordplay, dealing physical damage, which can be improved with correct player button timing. That's the one where it's like a uh, I don't even know how to fucking describe this. There's like a little spot and just the the reel goes back and forth and you gotta hit it in just the right time to get it in between a box. Is that the could you explain that a little better than that?
1: Nope, nope, that's pretty much it. There's a line with a cursor shooting across really fast, and when you get it in the middle, you try to time it right. I mean you you, you said it pretty much perfect.
0: So yeah, I I, I like Titus. He just becomes he's he's a little too much at times. And I think that's the biggest thing that I have with him.
1: Uh, I think the biggest issue with Titus is his speed makes him one of your most useful actual party members, but, and I I find myself doing it too, he's much better if you, I mean for quick in and out battles, yeah, just hit with him and get him out of the way, but for like boss battles, it's better to just kind of go on the defensive with him and take advantage of the time magic because that is probably... Time magic is probably the most useful mechanic in the whole combat
2: system of this game. That's definitely something I need to
0: pick up a little bit more on. I don't. I mean, I I, I do it during the the battle with the uh, with the bosses and whatnot. But here's the issue with the bosses, okay? You you want him front line, and you want him to cast haste on all your party. But I'm also trying to get people in and out so they get that XP at the same time, right? So, I don't get that benefit anymore? Because he just cast it on the uh, two other people that are out there right now, right?
1: Are you talking about Haste or Hastega? You're talking about the one that cast it on the whole party?
0: Yeah, Hastega.
1: Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll cast it on whoever's out there. But, like, if it's a boss battle that's going to drag on and on and on, once you get everybody in and out one time, you can pretty much hone in on the three that are going to be the most effective against said boss. So, like you don't have to cast it at first, but once you get everybody in and out to get their experience, you get the three back in there that you want. And then you just cast it one time, and then the rest of the battle's like three times as fast.
0: Ah, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just doing shit wrong. I I don't know. I, I feel like I'm I'm constantly swapping in and out to, I don't know. I, I would say I'm trying to keep them off their, you know, keep them off guard or whatnot. But it's really not keeping them off guard at all. <laughs> <laughs> but Uh, I don't know. It's like I'll I'll put one out there and I'm like, oh, fuck. It'd be nice to kind of counterbalance that with uh, like Lulu or something like that, you know? And I don't know. Maybe I just need to focus like after getting everybody in there. Just focus on three and cast the haste and just kind of move on from there.
1: Well, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, man. There's honestly there's that's the beauty of turn-based combat is there's no right or wrong way to do it. That's just how I do it. So I, I personally like Titus the best because I love the time magic, and I've I've spent a long time trying to figure out the best ways to manipulate it, so he's he's probably the most useful to me. But again, there's no wrong way to do it. If you want to cycle everybody in and out just to have fun with it, go for it, you know?
0: But what pisses me off is some of these spells, so I, I never use them okay like haste i don't use that in in any battle other than boss battles for for the most Mm -hmm. part uh or slow or anything like that and then you get to uh shit some of the other things that some of the other characters do like like uh Nuzblaze blaze or or shit like that like she can like yuna can can block one uh blaze attack one uh water ice whatever uh, uh-huh. I don't use those, like, ever, because it's kind of fucking useless at the same time. But then I use them for a boss battle, and it's just... I, I don't I don't really know where I was trying to go with that, honestly. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is the issue with having no sleep in, in between.
1: But <laughs> no, I get it. But I kind of also kind of see what you're saying, man. There's just so... Everybody has so many different abilities. Sometimes it's just hard to figure out what's the most... Most effective in that particular moment. Like, I get it.
0: But it's like you, you cast, like, uh, slow on the boss. You you don't ever use that attack. But for the boss battle. When time, when it comes time for the boss battle, he's immune to it. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? What, what, what's the point in even fucking
1: having this? Um, More bosses are going to be immune to it than fiends. But where we're at right now... I mean yeah, you're not really having to use it much on just basic fiends. Maybe occasionally, but that's spoiler free as best I can. That that becomes a thing later. I mean, fiends get stronger.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Um, moving on to Kamari Ronso, he's a fierce protector of Yuna and very loyal to her. He is mistrusting of others and rarely speaks. He wields a spear and has a lance of the ability that allows him to copy uh, certain special moves from Fiends using them in his overdrives called Ronso Rage, which is pretty interesting, I think, in comparison to the uh, the rest of the group. So that just gives him a buttload of different abilities, and I can't talk about it right now. But there's there's one battle that you will have later on that is is very pertinent to the fact that you use this ability a lot during it, and it just gains him so many different abilities and. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a great character just from that standpoint where you could kind of do a whole bunch of different things because in his sphere grid, he kind of specializes in everything. And I'm getting to the point where maybe his magic is working a lot better than his his physical damage. So uh, he he's kind of like the, uh, the, the all in one character.
2: Yeah, touche.
0: Um, then we have Riku, who is the last party member. She's from Albed. Uh, her father is Sid, the leader of the Albed. And Sid's sister married uh, Sumner Braskas, uh, who is Yuna's father. So they are cousins. Uh, energetic, happy-go-lucky personality. Very, very protective of Yuna. She wields claws and specializes in stealing everyone's shit. Uh, basically, I steal shit from everybody. This was something I did not do in my first playthrough. I almost never mugged anybody or steal or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I just didn't waste my, my my time on it. But now I steal at least something from every single enemy and I have a whole bunch of shit now. Uh, like I said, she eventually learns mug which deals damage and steals at the same time. Her overdrive is mixed allowing her to combine uh, two different items to powerful defensive and offensive effects. And I actually kind of looked up because I was doing a uh, a, a future boss <laughs> battle that I can't talk about right now because future spoilers. And I was trying to determine what gives me the most damage. What can I throw?
1: Oh, in the you found hear? the you found the periodic table on the internet, huh? Yeah, I was like, goddamn,
0: dude! This, <laughs> be, this list is huge.
1: I used to have a poster of that when I was a kid. It came with one of the strategy guides. And I just remember as like a 15 year old looking at it and going, I'm never going to do all of that.
0: <laughs> no. And then some massive, obviously, some of the higher, uh, offensive mixes that you can do. I don't have any of that. Uh, any of those, uh, the supplies. I'm like, motherfuckers, man. Sounds like I'm just throwing grenades out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've tried to make it a point to play with her more during this playthrough than I have in the past because I just wanted to see the difference in the items that you have toward the end of the game by stealing from everybody, and I, I've had a lot of fun with that. Because I, what I'll do if it's gonna if it's a battle that might take more than two or three turns, I'll use her luck ability to raise everybody's luck up, and then I'll steal from that person. And more times than not, you'll get the rare item that you steal from them if you do that. And then if you, like, kill them or overkill them, the item that they drop might be upgraded as well. And that aspect alone has gotten me a lot of shit, At even where I'm at right now. Like, I've got a couple friend spheres out of it, a couple return spheres out of it. It's just, it's a a thing I never really did with her in the past. But apparently, and I, I don't know how to crack this code, I'm sure it has something to do with that chart we were just talking about. Apparently Riku is the best party member in the game. According to all of the online geniuses. And again, I've always used her because I like the you know, the item deployment and whatnot. But I've never at all considered her to be one of the top three. But supposedly she is like the the most useful party member in the game. And I can't explain it. You'd have to get on the Internet to read why. But that's just what everybody says
0: i rarely use her <laughs> like i use her just to steal and then she's out and then never goes back in shout out
1: yeah i mean yeah me me too pretty much
0: but i, I never use the luck thing so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to use that yeah, man straight up man I we have talked about this on the podcast multiple times and i even mentioned it earlier my play style is is something that i rarely ever change because i'm just comfortable with it <laughs> I I go on the offense, I don't ever do defense. Just, like, ever.
1: And, and I bet shuffling party members in and out is aggravating as shit to you, isn't it? It
0: is, because I'm like, God damn it! I could have finished this battle, like, five turns.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, and I, I, I'm kind of the same way as you with aggro, man. That's normally how I like to play most games. But, just, I don't know, this one, for some reason, I've never, even as a kid, never minded to take my time with and kind of slow down while I walk through it.
0: Oh, by all means, I'm like I'm I'm not saying like I'm speeding through the game or anything like that, but because I'm I'm doing a bunch of grinding in each area. Oh yeah, yeah, hard. no, no,
1: I just I yeah, I just meant each individual combats. Yeah, dude, I'm just like
0: oh, I just need to finish it. I need to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you have anything else you want to say about any of these characters, sir? Uh, Riku, for me, she's definitely the weakest in my party, but I mean she's valuable in the sense that she she can mug everybody. Kamari is definitely one of the weaker people in my party. Uh I'm I'm trying to get his magic up so I can use him a little bit more. Titus is he's just Titus, you know? When I need him for uh when I need him for somebody like quick, like one of the quick fiends and whatnot, he's he's uh-huh. right there to to slice and dice. Uh but Yuna, Yuna's my girl right now, man. Numero uno. And we will kinda see uh-huh. that in, in a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're right. I will say, I will be, I will admit before we move on from characters, I completely bailed on making my Kamari a mage. Oh, I was, dude, it just, I was pissing me off so much that I would get to something that was, you know, like a weak to fire. So, bring out Kamari, or bring out Lulu, doesn't kill him, bring out Kamari, and he's doing like a third of the damage that she was doing. And I know, I get it. Had I just waited, would have been fine. <laughs> But I didn't. Somehow I got my hands on an early friend's fear, took him right over to Orin's grid, and now he's just strong as shit. It goes back to what we were talking about with the aggro. I just didn't have the patience.
0: So that makes me wonder, like, that, now I'm kind of contemplating, like, I don't know, man. I can, I, I like his his damage output. Is, is Let me rephrase that. I said wrong. I do not like his physical damage output. Uh, but... I could definitely see him as a more physical fighter than he is a uh magic uh using magic but i mean, not, no not, not really
1: he he I, is a jack of all trades like if you've already gone this far with it, so he's probably not far from catching up with him at this point i mean I would just stick with it if you're that close. I did this literally like at the beginning of this part
0: oh i'm not changing i'm i'm already, i'm too, yeah. far there, too far in.
2: That's just my. I was so impatient. I was like, "Nope, that's pissing me off." Get, get your ass over there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he doesn't. He doesn't do a ton of damage uh, with his with his magic, but it, it, it's getting there. It's getting there. And now that we're kind of done with the character stuff, uh, talking about all the individual characters, we're gonna go ahead and move on into part three. But before we do that, guys, if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, go to patreon.com slash Two Game. That is the number two supports at any of those tiers, and you get access to a whole bunch of different content, exclusive segments, exclusive podcasts. Come on the podcast whenever you want to. Uh, basically, you become a creator slash producer of all of our content. I mean, everything's voted on just about. Uh, so that entices you and uh, that appeals to you, patreon.com slash two game. Shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Paradixio, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsay Humble, Michael King, Casey Pye, Christina Lambeau, Brian slash Corey Costa and Ryan Sibley. We appreciate all support and set that $20 tier every single month without y'all. We'd not be able to do this. And thank you, sir, as well for your support. Absolutely, man. And uh, that's enough of that, guys. Let's dive into part three of Final Fantasy uh, 10. And like I said earlier, this is covering from the uh, Thunder Thunderplanes all the way to, quote unquote, the scene right before you get into the comm lens. So where we left off last time, the gang kind of reached the Thunder Plains, just saved at one of the uh, the first fear. Uh, and then starting off part three, Riku panics when the group reaches the Thunder Plains and halfway across, they stay at a Rin's travel agency to, to kind of calm her. Uh, Riku has severe astrophobia, which I did not know what that that's, was a thing, but uh, thunder, left over from a pat. A past mishap when her brother aimed a thunder spell at her attacking fiend, except it missed and hit her instead. Like, sometimes it just sucks to suck, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it honestly, it's pretty comical how afraid of it she is. It, it had some, there's some pretty good content in the cutscenes about it. Oh, yes.
0: So, this is the perfect spot to kind of talk about the Thunder overall, which is bullshit. That's basically the only word that I can use to describe the Thunder Planes. It is so fucking aggravating. I spent about two or three hours just roaming around, and that's not on purpose, guys. Not on purpose. Okay. I kept trying to find the uh, the cat claw because I thought there was some significance behind it. Sorry. And you have to like pray to them to get them to show up. And there's a bunch of those little statues to to do that too. And I was like, well, fuck. Maybe it's like a little mini game inside this. Uh, but no, nothing. Nothing ever happens. Nothing. Not that, not that I've seen, anyways. Unless you know of something, there, Chris.
1: I do. I plead the fifth. Oh, you did. You didn't. Play. You didn't completely waste your time.
0: Okay, that's that's good.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, dude, the Thunder is so aggravating. It was like every five steps, you either run into a monster or you get struck by fucking lightning.
1: Oh yeah, dude, they're absolute bullshit. I hate them when I was ten. Hate them when I was twenty. Hate them when I'm thirty. I mean, they're absolute
0: trash. And you can you can dodge them, but it takes you have to like basically just sit there and and kind of pay pay very close attention to when the lightning's coming. If you're just walking or running down this uh, this path, it's it's almost impossible to do it.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a there's an ladder game reward if you can successfully dodge two hundred consecutive lightning bolts. So if you want to try for that,
0: <laughs> like straight,
1: yes. God, yes, not not total
2: consecutive.
0: What what is this endgame prize? Yeah, it's one of the
1: it's one of the sigils for one of the legendary weapons. Fuck that! <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Let me guess: is it Riku's, uh, is it Riku's weapon?
1: No, no, it's not. Well, no, it's not Riku's. I think it's Lulu's. Oh fuck that!
0: Yeah, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, I I could be wrong, but I think it's Lulu's. Yeah. I've never literally never done it, never tried to do it. I've just always accepted that my Lulu's just never gonna be legendary, I guess. Because fuck (laughs) it. I'm not doing it.
0: You get to like one ninety nine and you fucking miss. (laughs) You gotta fucking follow it. Fuck that. (laughs) that. (laughs) I'm not even doing it. It pisses me off.
1: The one time I tried I got to like thirty five and that took like twenty minutes of running around waiting staring at the screen so you don't mess up and then I messed up and I was like, nope, never doing it again. Fuck that.
0: So uh while staying at the agency, Yuna privately views the contents of Jiskal fear recording. Uh Waka interrupts and tells Titus that Yuna will say when she's ready to hold Titus's uh chocobos, which was a hilarious scene by the way. Hilarious. <laughs> when he called it his Chocobos, <laughs> I died. <laughs>
2: She'll let you know when she's ready to grab your chocobos. (laughs) Hold your
0: chocobos.
2: Uh, Oh, Waka's such an idiot, but he's funny. Yes. Uh,
0: Before the group enters the Macalania Woods, Yuna announces she'll accept Seymour's offer of matrimony. Macalania, Woods, you know, kind of going through this uh, part three, because, you know, Chris and I, we had to kind of play ahead a little bit just to kind of keep on track with everything. So I'm in part four right now. This feels like it happened like 30 hours ago, honestly. Yeah. It, I'm sure I, it does at this point. But honestly, it only happened like it has been a very long time. Though It's been like 20 hours since I played uh, this particular part. So it it feels like this happened like forever ago.
1: It's actually, yeah, it's it it's placed kind of 30 to 40 percent through the plot, but it, it feels like it's still in the very beginning of the game for all the shit that we're going to cover in this section. I get it.
0: Mm hmm. So Orin guesses that Unit is hoping to negotiate something with Seymour and that she doesn't want the others involved. Uh, while passing through the Macalania Woods, Orin backs his way, or hacks his way, not backs his way. Can't read my fucking notes. Hacks his way <laughs> through an overgrown side path to reveal a spring with Firefly-infused uh, water used to create spheres. Uh, this is where you have the boss fight with the Spheromorph, which is the fucking dopest name. I don't give a shit what you say. Okay, That name is fucking dope.
1: Oh yeah, it is, and it's also one of my favorite boss fights in the game too. It's a lot of fun.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of strategy and a lot of mm-hmm. kind of guessing and whatnot. So yeah. Uh, but this boss changes its elemental weakness every time you strike said fucking weakness. So if you if he's weak to fire and you hit him with fire, he changes it. He changes to another elemental weakness, and you gotta fucking find out what that one is. So it is definitely a kind of a give and take given like not give and take like a tug of war style of boss fight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So after fighting the Spear Morph, a movie spear from uh, Jek is left behind that shows snippets of Braska's pilgrimage. It includes a sentimental passage from Jek to Titus. RN explains Jek had accepted his fate to remain in Spheera and Assist Braska in defeating Sin, and later tells Titus that Jack loved his son, but didn't know how to express it. Uh, Titus is unsure how to react as the uh, main things he remembers of Jack are the times he used to reproach him yeah
1: Absolutely. this is um this one's pretty heavy actually cause you're you're kind of starting to see the softer side of Jack, if you will, that Titus has essentially okay. never seen. So that's when you said he's unsure how to react. He's just as confused as all of us were, I believe, because he just remembered his dad being a straight up dig bag.
0: That's got to be that's got to be fucking like crazy to find out. Like as I like, as Titus, you know, imagine you're being Titus right now and you're finding out that your dad was actually like cool when he actually cared about you, but he never fucking showed it. And it's like, right. What the fuck?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's a deep dive down a strange will. Kind of honestly kind of surprised this game went there in 2002, but it is what it is. Makes for good content.
0: Indeed. Uh, so after leaving the woods, the group is met by Tromel Seymour's butler, who leads Yuna into the Macalania Temple to prepare for the wedding. The Albed uh, ambush them with Riku's brother uh, among the group. The Albed try to stop Yuna's pilgrimage by unleashing the powerful crawler which is uh y- which Yuna's guardians destroy. Waka learns, this is, this is one of the parts where I feel like it's kind of the, I'm hoping is the turning point for, for Waka. Waka learns Riku is now dead and expresses his disgust at the, uh, quote unquote, heathen, super fucking racist, uh, <laughs> racism coming from Waka in this particular, uh, cutscene. But what I'm referring to is, I'm, I'm hoping, cause at this point, he's been with Riku for, for an extended period of time. So they've kind of built that friendship with each other and like he didn't even know who she was, but he's he's friends with her, you know, uh, the whole right. time. So it's like the only reason he would not like her is the fact that she's now a bit. So I'm hoping that this is kind of a turning point for his character to where maybe
1: we're not going to get
0: as racist uh, going going forward.
1: Uh, and uh, even Titus points that out at one point, he's like, Waka, you've known her this whole time and she wasn't different until now, so. Like he, he kinda calls him out in front of everybody and he's like, You're a fucking idiot.
0: And then I forget what he, what exactly Waka said at that point, but he's like, just fucking
2: hell on. It's like was something stupid, like, yeah, but that's different.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually pretty much what he said. It's different. <laughs> it's not.
1: <laughs> it's it's truly not.
0: So angry that no one is taking his side, Waka heads to Macalania Temple on foot while the others ride on Makana sleds. Now this is a uh Going through this portion right here, I'm going to uh, let y'all in on a little secret, okay? You have a cutscene, but the cutscene varies depending on who you have uh, higher affection levels with. So I end up getting a cutscene with uh, with Lulu. You as well, sir?
1: I got Riku this time.
0: Riku this time. So uh, okay. I'm going to go through what everybody says uh, through those cutscenes. So... Uh, if you, you will either ride with Riku, Lulu, Oren, or Kamari. If he rides with Riku, he'll learn that Riku and Yuna are cousins. Uh, Riku explains the Albed want to protect the pilgrimaging summoners because they disagree with the summoners sacrificing themselves to bring happiness to Spira. Uh, if he rides with Lulu, which is what I got, he comes to understand, uh, Waka's hatred towards the Albed, which stems from the way Waka's brother Chapu died while wielding a forbidden machina weapon of the outbed. Uh, he asks Lulu if a human can become sin, and she finally believes Titus comes from another world. And I guess I did not copy down the uh, shit with Auron or Kamari? Huh. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, guess going we- off
1: memory, I've- Kamari talks about Riku, and he's just like, he's just like letting Titus know that she's still Riku to me. She's like, he doesn't give two craps that she's an albed or what she did in the past. Mm-hmm. And Orin's is about Jake. That's pretty all you got pretty much all you gotta know. Fair enough. Riku's and Lulu's are much better because some of it's actually new information. Orin's and Kamara's are just, like, affirmations.
0: Which, I'm glad you brought that up. Because the whole Riku and them being cousins with, uh, with Yuna. Mm-hmm. You don't know that because there's a there's a scene later on, but they don't specifically mention it. It's just you have to be paying attention and connect the dots. Right. So
1: it's yeah, kind of this crazy. is the only time that they ever actually address it face to face. And yeah, it's, it's optional. Really. That's what's crazy is that's optional.
0: Exactly. So it's crazy to me that they would leave a I wouldn't say that's a huge piece of information, but it, it explains a lot of her. A lot of her protectiveness. If that's even where it is weren't now uh of unit,
1: mm-hmm. and this actually opened the door for a lot for me when I realized that there were actually different sequences. I didn't realize that affinity and affection was a part of this game for a long time because it's not a measurably a visibly measurable statistic, like you can't pull up someone's affinity levels and see how close you are it just the game knows it keeps track of it behind the you know behind the scenes. Do you remember in Guado Salam, where I'm sure you probably had the conversation with Lulu, where she tells you not to fall in love with Yuna? Yes. Alright, you can actually have that conversation with Riku as well, and it's a different one. So, not to rehash the whole thing, but essentially Lulu says, don't fall in love with her, don't fall in love with her, da 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 da, da. and you have three choices. It's like, okay, cool, too late, or you're more my type.
0: Yes, yes, I'm, I'm a
1: pretty funny you can hit on Lulu but you can actually have that same conversation with Riku as well if her affinity to you is higher than Lulu's is at that point now you had just gotten Riku back at that point so it probably isn't but it is possible so it, it's there's just a couple little tweaks that the story can take based on affection and affinity levels it's kind of interesting to me cuz i didn't even know that for a long time
0: reminds me of the friendship levels affection and affection in pokemon
1: mhm Yep, pretty much.
0: You can only evolve this when his affection is the highest. And it's like, how do I fucking measure that, motherfuckers?
2: I feed him, I give him water, and he <laughs> sleeps inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder what, else, what more do you want? Ungrateful uh, little bastard. So, at the temple, the party comes upon the sphere that Yuna had retrieved from the unsent Jiskel. It shows Seymour murdered his father to succeed him as maester and the leader of the Guado seymour is a fucking snake okay straight up fucking snake and now we have to kill sin and seymour and i love how the story isn't just like one overall villain and then that there is actually multiple it kind of feels like a comic book story or or something like that like a comic book movie uh so i do like that aspect that it's not just one and it's honestly it's one trying to prevent you from killing the other and it's it's interesting i like where the story is going uh from this from this point forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. It definitely, it veers off into a, a strange path, but the way they make it all kind of connect and you kind of wind back forth between the two villains, is, it's awesome from here on out. I can't wait for you to experience all of it.
0: The uh, party confronts Seymour outside the Chamber of the Faith and with the new Aeon, Shiva is forced to kill him when he <coughs> turns on them. Uh, Titus acting like, yeah, let's fuck that guy. And Walker is like, Bruh, this is fucked, and that's basically much. that's basically what's going on with the conversations. Like Waka can't fucking believe what's going on, but Titus is like, "Yeah, let's fucking kill this dude."
1: Dude, the sense of relief on Titus's face when all of this comes to light is hilarious to me. Like, because we talked about it a little bit in the last episode, how he he kind of knows how he feels, but at the same time he's kind of immature and dumb, so he doesn't really come out and say it. Uh, you can make him say it at one point to Lulu or Riku, but he never really addresses it to Yuna up until now. But for the last like five hours of gameplay, behind the scenes, all he has been thinking about is she's gonna marry this dude, he's gonna give her a big slice of his guado salami, and then what the hell am I gonna do?
2: <laughs> guado salami?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Like, he figures out finally, okay, she had a plan all along. Let's just fucking merc this guy and move on with our pilgrimage. All good.
0: Like, that dude's happy.
1: Oh, he's so happy. He's like a kid in a candy store, man. It's hilarious to me.
0: He reminds me of, like, a little chihuahua, you know? He's just he's fucking, like, just bouncing up and down. Like, Let's fucking go kill
1: that guy. He's like a little chihuahua. He's so fast.
0: <laughs> so uh- fast. So this is where you battle Seymour in a in another different style boss battle where the two Guado Bros are protecting Seymour. So essentially, it's three guys total, including Seymour, and he has two Guados on the side of him. Uh, basically, they heal themselves with potions every single time that you uh, you try to you try to hit one of them. So they heal every single time. Uh, so you need to steal them with Riku. So go ahead and use the steel mug, whatever. And you can steal their potions and then just wipe them the fuck out. Uh, I did it the hard way. Shout out uh, by just outrunning the uh, the potions with the uh, with more than one thousand damage. So basically, if I was dealing damage of like twelve hundred, they would heal for a thousand. So basically, their health would diminish by two hundred at that point. Uh, <laughs> I just kept I just kept fucking doing that and doing that until their their health had had run out. Didn't know about the uh, the stealing technique uh super t
1: yep, that's one of those things that i purposefully withheld from you because it's kind of like a rite of passage you know now you know you can do it without it so i'm very proud of you <laughs> <laughs> right but if you ever uh, revisit it it's much simpler if you just steal them
0: 10 out of 10 do not recommend this method Okay, you no. was <laughs> <laughs> so pissed when i told him to <laughs> it's was like are you fucking serious son of a bitch but I mean, do, do, could you imagine the uh, times where I did not do a thousand damage, and they healed? Oh himself? yeah. So no, I know if I had knocked their health down by like two hundred, and let's say like the next spell or whatever only did like eight hundred damage, he just re healed himself that two hundred damage that I did last time. So he's fully healed again. I'm like, you yeah motherfucker!
1: It just goes to show you how there's like five hundred different ways to do every single battle because literally all I did was. Subbed everybody in and out real quick to block, and then when everybody had a turn, I just summoned Ixion, and his overdrive overkilled all three of them. Well, it overkilled the two Guado, and then it got Seymour down to the point that he summoned Anima. So then he killed Ixion. So I brought Shiva out, and she took care of Anima and the rest.
2: Yeah, I I would yeah no I did do that. <laughs>
0: uh, but we, I, I'm not gonna say it. we'll talk about it later. Uh, so in anger, Tremel takes away Seymour's body before Yuna can send him and breaks the sphere that proves Seymour's crimes. Uh, now dubbed traitors, the party flees the temple with Guado's soldiers in pursuit. This is where we go through the uh, the ice cloister of trials. It's one of my least favorite things about the game so far, uh, which is the cloister of trials. This is not even the worst one. Okay? This this is bad, but it's not the worst one. The worst one is coming it's but I just, yeah, just, mm, not for me. Uh, they escape when a Yeti-like fiend sends them plummeting through the ice of the frozen lake Macalania. They land atop an underground mass near the bottom of a temple. Riku is basically trying to hook up with Titus here, and she tells him to wait five or six years. And then they proceed to tell her she has to work hard to be Lulu. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on when I was <laughs> when I was watching this scene? Yeah. Right, dude, she's trying to jump jump his dick. And then they're trying to tell her she needs to be like Yulu, uh, Lulu, uh, but she has a lot of work to do. And I'm like, there's just so much sexual tension between everyone. Guys, y'all just need an orgy. Okay, let's just get it <laughs> out of the way and just go have an orgy. Like, Oren, you're even involved. Okay, jump in.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It's creepy for Oren. He's like 48. That's true. I, I forget. Actually, dude, actually, I think Oren's only supposed to be like 32 or 33, but he just looks 100.
0: He does. I forget they're so young. Even though I just said, like, they have to wait, like, five or six years. Like, <laughs> I still can't mento- mentally picture it in my head them being young like that.
1: Yeah, no, no. They're definitely written older than they're supposed to be. I do love that scene, though, because it... First off, it's funny, because Riku's, like, a teenage child who's trying to be a grown-ass woman. But it, it humanizes Kamari a lot, too, because you, you remember... Uh, the scene where everybody beats the shit out of Rex, and then Poppy walks up and, like, grazes his face emotionally, and it just humanized her, even though she was, like, an android, pretty much. Yes. Up to this point, that's what you've really gotten out of Kamari, just stone face, never says anything, but for some reason, he chimes in on this conversation and says, Kamari think Riku should stay Riku. And I'm just like, Oh, that was nice, good kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Like, thank you for having an opinion (laughs) and it being sweet.
0: You're such a nice guy after all.
1: Yeah. Now go shit in the litter box and move about your day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, So Yuna reveals that in exchange for marriage, she was hoping to have Seymour turn himself in for his crimes. Uh, RN reminds her the pilgrimage is more critical, saying that the faith are the ones that give power to the summoners, not the temples or the teachings. The ground begins to shake, and the party realizes they had landed atop a docile sin that had been listening to the hymn of the faith emanating from the temple, a song Jet used to be fond of. Uh, sin knocks the party unconscious as it begins to stir, Titus accepting that sin is his father. Uh, he then awakens on Bickenall Island. Titus finds himself alone by an oasis. He rounds up his fellow guardians but cannot find uh Yuna. I wanna keep saying fucking Yulu.
1: <laughs> like this is a fuck.
0: Tries That's to the top. fusion we didn't
1: know we needed. <laughs> fusion.
0: <laughs> so yeah, when you when you wake up with uh with Titus all by himself, basically there is nobody around and you have to go find these people. You end up running into like a like a mini boss battle, per se. And at first, I was like, do I have to fight this motherfucker by myself? Dude, this is going to fucking suck. Because he doesn't do mm-hmm. shit for damage right now. Mm-mm. But like halfway through, like, I, I see his health dwindling down to like 800. I'm like, this fucking sucks, man. This fucking sucks. And then comes in the other party members, and they're like, thank God.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that one did scare the shit out of me the first time, too. Uh, and to be fair, guys, this was about four bullet points worth of notes. Because there's really not much to talk about it. Because you're literally just trekking sand. But it takes like an hour and a half. Like this is a. It's a good training portion of the game. Because the fiends are pretty heavy. And give you a decent amount of XP. For this point in the game. But it, it, it's a trek. Like by the time you reach home. The next bullet point we're going to get to. You're ready to fucking be somewhere. Like you're you're tired of the desert.
0: Yeah I spent a lot of time on the desert. I got, I got fucking like sidetracked. Not sidetracked but like lost. I was like, "Where mm-hmm. the fuck do I go?" <laughs> and then it's like every five steps you run into another fiend. I'm like, "God
1: damn it!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it takes a lot. The, like the Thunder Plains is my least favorite portion of the game, and then the uh, the Sinubia Sands are probably second, just because it it takes so long to accomplish so little. Uh,
0: this will be number three for me, sir. Mm-hmm. Number, two, number two comes up uh later on in the game. We we we've, we've we've discussed that section already, you and I. Yes, um,
1: yes, okay. That, that would be right. That be number, right. that'd be number <laughs> That one That one's my number 3. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that one at some point.
0: Uh so let's see here where I'm at in my notes. Uh Riku leads the group to the secret Abed city of home which is under siege by guado forces. Fighting through the invasion, Titus suffers an emotional breakdown after he discovers the truth behind the pilgrimage, summoning the final aeon will kill the summoner and Yuna will meet the same fate if she completes her journey. Uh, really, really great scene overall with some fantastic music. Uh, the music really just elevates the whole scene for me.
1: Oh yeah, no, the score here is phenomenal. I mean, this scene's nothing but pure raw emotion, anyway. But the score just sends it over the top.
0: Titus is—he's on such a high, man. Like that dude was fucking celebrating and shit about fucking Seymour. And now he's just like in the in the lowest of lows.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really bad, and like. The way it's addressed in the scene is everybody's just looking at him like he's an idiot. But to be fair, like, fuck the rest of the party because nobody ever told him. Like, they're sitting here listening to him say all these things to Yuna about everything they're going to do after they beat Sin and all that. And they're just like, okay, we just let him live his fantasy. Whatever. You know? I've always thought, just like, screw you guys. Like, I would have been pissed too.
0: We wanted to protect you. What? Uh, I always... I got to say that is one of the things I dislike in in storytelling period is the whole we just wanted to protect you. No motherfucker just fucking tell him. Fucking tell right, him.
1: Right. Just just tell the poor kid. And the scene where you're riding the snowmobile in Makalania if Riku's on there with you, she actually says something about summoners being sacrificed. And Titus like perks up and he's like sacrifice? What do you mean sacrificed? And then she comes up with some lame excuse like, "Oh, well, it just the pilgrimage takes so much out of you." Like she she had it right there on a silver platter but couldn't just let him eat it you know
0: just just bullshit started. yeah went went in a different direction with it mhm so the group boards the albed airship the fahrenheit which i got to say before we t- we talk about this bullet point you go through this entire section of home and i i hate in games when you get door locked out of sections. I yeah. Yeah. The Last of Us 2 was one of the last games that I have played that that really pissed me off with this. It's essentially there's three, let's say there's, there's three rooms that you can go in. Okay? Uh, you go in through one and then you get story locked out of the other two. Uh-huh. Like you just, for no reason other than you just picked the wrong fucking room and now I can't go look at the other two things. I had to look it up. I looked up some of the shit that maybe I I, I lost out on, on the other two. There's a friend
1: sphere and a return sphere, right?
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's some it's some good yeah. that I missed. When
1: you te- when you text me that, I was like, oh no, he missed that one. But I mean, you'll get some more. It's not the worst thing that could happen. But I understand why you got pissed for sure.
0: But also, this was supposed to be my training point. I was supposed to grind a little bit here because right. we talked about it. You're like, hey, when you get to home, you can you can grind out there a little bit. And I just went through the wrong fucking door, and it, is, and it just story locks you. And it's basically just cutscenes up until the fact, up until the point where you get to the, uh, the the Fahrenheit airship. So I did maybe three or four battles in home, and it really put me behind the uh, the eight ball for this for this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that. You, you get a. Fortunately, we'll get to it in this part. You, there's another section you get where you can very quickly catch up and get ahead, but the the section you play in between this and that, it, I, I imagine you probably struggled at least a little bit in one part of it.
2: Indeed, indeed, I did so.
0: Let me find my notes. Okay, the group boards the Albed airship, the Fahrenheit, uh, the airship Titus and Riku Savage upon their uh, first meeting. It's captained by Riku's father and Yuna's uncle, Sid. The ship takes off with Titus's group and most of the Albed on board. Sid blows up home with the airship's massive uh, massive missile system to take out the invading forces. Uh, really cool CGI sequence here of just shit getting blown up. It yeah. It like a Michael Bay film. It was fantastic.
1: And this is... This was one thing that Waka tried to do right but ultimately failed. Do you remember what I'm talking about? No. All right, so he Riku is like distraught and like obviously just clinically depressed because they just blew up their home and he looks at her and he he's trying to make her feel better but he's a clueless fucking moron. He says, "Boom! Like happy festival fireworks." <laughs> That was my house, you idiot! Like,
0: <laughs> like definition of read the room, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and you like you almost feel bad for him, but you don't because he's a pompous tool. But he 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 did try to be fair. He's just an idiot.
0: <laughs> read the room. Wrong place, wrong time. Right. Ah, uh, so let's see here. The party learns that Yuna has been taken by the Guado to the now unsent Seymour to be married. Uh cool boss cool boss fight on top of the airship where you have to use Riku and Titus to kinda of pull the airship away from from Shinron. I don't know the, the boss's name. He looks like fucking Shinron to me.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, definitely cool. definitely looks a lot like Shinron.
0: Cool cool boss fight. Uh you know, F- his
1: name is Evre, F- but I, I prefer Shinron actually, so let's we'll stick with that.
0: Forever Shinron. Yes. Hashtag. He does a he does a move, and I I can't remember the name of it. But basically, when he gets ready to use that, you have to pull the ship away, and then eventually he'll, he'll either come to you, or you can pull the airship back towards him and continue fighting. And it's just kind of a, another one of those tug-of-war style uh, boss battles, which I kind of really enjoy, actually.
1: Oh yeah, no, Ever is one of the cool he's one of the cooler boss fights in the game depending on how leveled or under under leveled you are, he could be very, very difficult. Like he's, he's killed me several times throughout the course of the years.
0: I don't think I had too much trouble with him. I remember having trouble with him the first time that I played the game
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just hating that mechanic. But this, this time around, I'm like,
2: oh, this is actually kind of fun. Can we do that again? Yeah. Do you have another?
0: And then we have the uh, party finding out that Yuna is at the capital city of Bavel amid a wedding ceremony with Seymour. Uh, Titus and his group crash the wedding and force their way through. And Yuna tries to send Seymour. I actually like this whole little segment of them arriving at this place and then them kind of fighting all the uh, all the, the the enemies up until you get there. Uh, I thought it was paced very well, and it was just the uh, design of this specific, like I guess level. Uh, I really enjoyed. What about you? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I love what you were talking about—the way you're just pretty much mowing people down while you're ascending the steps, and everybody at the top is just like watching it happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like,
1: like, well, those were some worthless ass monks, anyway. I guess they, <laughs> I
0: you guess imagine? they had it coming. Seymour's at the very top, and he's like, they'll stop him. And then we wipe out like half of
1: them. Uh, they're going to stop him. Definitely. At, the, at this point, I'm just who, who wants to take bets? Who's it going to be?
0: <laughs> so uh, Grand Maester Mika uh, stops her by having Titus and company held at gunpoint by Warrior Monks and Win Keenock. Uh, basically, Mr. Still Girl is playing through Titus's head right now as Seymour is making out with Yuna. Like, making out with Yuna. Mr. Still Your Girl! <laughs> uh, he is super, right. pissed. <laughs> super pissed, and I don't blame him. Yuna looking like the girl next door with her hair up on a ponytail and-, and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like her character design right here. Just saying.
1: Yeah, that's not what Titus sees, though. I'm telling you, all he's thinking about is Guado Salami. And the fact that she going to get it like she's got tunnel vision and he just wants to murder Seymour again. He wants he wants to murder him again,
0: again and again, (laughs) Uh, like the fifth time. Yes. So after the ceremony, Yuna threatens to dive off the off the tower. If Seymour won't release her guardians, she lets herself fall off the tower, but summons Valafor in midair and heads to the cloister of trials. Riku throws a flash bomb to distract Seymour and the and the guards, allowing Yunus Guardians to escape. That was Along dope.
1: Way. What she did with Balafor. Oh, so cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, that was, that's one of my favorite cutscenes.
0: That was a dope cutscene. It kind of reminds me of of maybe we just recently watched like Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, when he's like holding off the ledge and he's like, This is the last time, or this is the you always remember this time as the the time that you almost caught Jack Sparrow, and then he falls off, and then he, uh, what's what's he on? He's on something else. He he lands on something, and he didn't expect to to land there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, this is not as corny as that, but it was it, it reminded right.
1: me very similar. Also, I hope he said that to Amber Heard.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I see what you did there. Thank you. I see what you did there. Uh, so, along the way to Bevel's Chamber of the Faith, they discover several machina inside the temple. RN confirms that this is the true face of Yevin. They betray their own teachings. And this is where we have to do the worst, most tedious fucking trial. And I fucking. Ho-
1: hold believe- on real quick though. We got to point out about Waka because fuck Waka. When when you realize that Baville, which is pretty much like the Vatican, is pretty much always betraying everything that they're forcing everybody else to live by, Waka's little pea brain can't take it, dude. He looks like he's about to just stroke out and die right there in the temple.
0: He does, dude. He's, he's having such a hard time. So with funny. All you, all you hear is, "Oh, what? No, no. What are we doing?"
1: Oh, oh, that's it's le- legitimately all. He <laughs> <is>. <laughs> it's like he just it's like he smoked enough weed that he can no longer form words.
0: That dude's world is crumbling at this point. Yeah. And it all oh, started God. with him finding out about Riku, man. Everything's been downhill ever since then. Damn and out, bed. His racist ass life is crumbling before him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Roll Tide. Uh, oh, sorry, 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 no, 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 we we don't say that on the podcast, okay? This is a children's show, we don't, we don't say bullshit like that, okay?
1: I can't make fun of Roll Tides?
0: You you can't say Roll Tide.
1: Even making fun of Roll Tides?
0: Uh, we can only, we can make fun of them, but we can't say Roll Tide.
1: Yeah, 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 I was making fun. I was saying Roll Tide because that's what his little brain was doing up until now.
0: It's, it's, it's forbidden. Forbidden, forbidden phrase. Well. But while we're on the subject, go dogs. Um, Unigame. No, no, no. On- we
1: will elaborate on this. I want you to understand that Chris was not in any way saying Roll Tide.
0: <laughs> I know what you're. I know what you're referring to. All right, I'm, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking Bama,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> and nobody ever thought we would bring up sports into a fucking Final Fantasy ten.
1: Mm. Nope, nope. If you're a Bama fan, you're listening to this. Sorry. No, I'm not. Go fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, the most tedious, worst trial ever conceived. And yeah, it's awful. I, I fucking loathe it. Like it, It's almost to the point where this could
1: prevent me from playing the game again. That's <laughs> like, how fucking much it fucking irritates me. It's pretty I, bad. Yeah. I, honestly, I can do all of them by memory at this point, but I still have to Google this one. I can even do Makalania to ice when I remember how to do it from doing it so much in the past. But its I think I repress it from my memory every time I do it because I hate it so much.
0: And then on top of that, I have Joy-Con Drift, which is just going to... We're going to talk about Joy-Con Drift in part four a lot. <laughs> so uh,
2: I forgot. Yeah, we are.
0: The, the Joy-Con Drift here does not make things easy. And you're like, well, I mean, it's not... Drifting all the time. No, no, it's not drifting all the time. But it also prevents me from going in certain directions sometimes because it's so fucked up. I yeah. I, really, I really just need to fork over the money and just buy me a new Love Side Joy Con because it is it has made some of this uh unbearable, especially when I'm doing like battles and shit, dude. It'll just go it'll just go rapid fire between all the people.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that that's unfortunate. Yesterday I, I was
0: battling and it was doing that and I was like, oh fuck. And I accidentally clicked X or A or whatever the fuck button to to attack. And I accidentally... walk just
1: like mauled Titus?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I attacked myself. <laughs> I'm like, you
1: motherfuckers! Yeah. Oh, that sucks. We'll, we'll save mine for part four, but I want you to know personally that what we will discuss in part four, I, my Joy-Cons will be at my house today. They're supposed to be shipped and delivered today. It forced me to buy new ones. It pissed me off so much.
0: Uh, Maybe... No, I'm, I'm. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it because it's part four but yeah i'm strongly considering just going and buying a left joy con like as soon as we're done with this podcast because it has been pissing me to fuck off (laughs) like the last 20 hours of this game has been the worst
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, surprise guys but but the trial overall is, is just super tedious and i don't understand how you could figure this shit out without ever looking at a guide or why you would do that without a guide you know it's just it's not fun, and when we get towards like the end of the uh, the part where I'm going to discuss all the uh, the things that I love and like about the uh, overall section, this will be one of the things that we're going to talk about. So I'll save it for a little bit later, but just know that this is the worst trial up to this point. I stand by that. Stand by it. Uh, Una gains the Aeon Bahamut, but the uh, group is arrested. What? That's if I can say it wrong? I, I didn't say anything. What the fuck did you say?
1: I didn't say anything, seriously. Oh. <laughs> no, you said it right. It's Bahamut. Oh. Getting all <laughs> like, defensive over there. I thought, you,
0: I thought you said his name and you just, and you just laughed at it. I was like, what's no. the of name, motherfucker?
1: <laughs> nah, that's how you say it.
0: I was about to end call.
1: <laughs> well, this was section two and a half. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> and we're done. We're not finishing the game. Fuck Chris. Uh, the Masters of Yevon put Yuna and her guardians on trial where they press their case, uh, claiming Seymour should be sent to the far plane. Grand Master Micah reveals he is also an unsent, and it seems they are without allies except for the Ronso Maester, Kelt uh, Ronso, who leaves Yevon, troubled by Jiskol's murder. While imprisoned, RN tells Titus about the spiral of death that traps Spira, uh, Spira, excuse me. Uh, The summoners sacrifice themselves to defeat Sin, but Sin will always return. You know, I I guess I didn't really it really didn't click in my head. But when he talks about the spiral death and then he talks about Spira, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: makes sense why they call it Spira. The spiral death, Spira, Spira. There you go. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. That is pretty neat. A little little Easter egg, you know, I thought it was (laughs) uh, I
1: thought it was nice japanese people thinking they smart <laughs> right crack that fucking code right ah
0: man now i just gotta it's, i was just recently watching uh stranger things i'm trying to catch up to season four and they were just cracking the uh russians code yeah that's that's how i feel right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> save the world save the world sir one jrpg at a time
0: so yuna and her guardians are deemed traitors and sentenced the to the via purified Purifico. 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 Purifico.
1: I was going to get it right eventually. (laughs)
0: I'm from Mississippi, guys. Go fuck yourselves. Um, No, from now
1: on, it will forever be the Via Purifico. That's that's what I'm calling it.
0: (laughs) I knew that wasn't it, but I was like, "Uh, um... A dungeon said to be inescapable. After reuniting with her guardians and making her way to the exit, Yuna is confronted by... Asaru, who played, I, I probably said that wrong, go fuck yourself. Uh, this that is, one's right. This reminds me, I'm getting like flashbacks of reviewing uh, Game not Game of Thrones, uh, The Witcher, where everybody's name is hard to pronounce. I'm just
1: like, fuck Oh, it. yeah. They're all straight Bible names in The Witcher.
0: So uh, he places his loyalty to Yevin above his friendship to Yuna. Uh, they duel with their Aeons, and he is soundly beaten uh making their way to Belleville's exit the party finds Seymour with Knox corpse. Seymour just straight murdering folks at this point because right before this uh he was Seymour had said something about uh going to get them or something like that and mm-hmm. they sent Knox with him and he's like you don't trust me? He's like what? Uh do would you trust anybody that killed their own father? And he's like fair enough. Yeah. And touche. <laughs> I
1: did murk my dad. You're right.
0: And the next thing we know, the dude's dead. (laughs) Just straight murdering, folks. He don't give a fuck, dude.
1: Yeah, dude, he doesn't. I'm telling you, like, we talked a little bit about it last time, but it's like, everything he does is just so arrogant. Like, he doesn't try to hide it because he knows, like, all right, cool, I'm gonna kill this guy. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? You know? Whatever. I wasn't sad to see Keynot go, though. I hated that asshole. That dude's such a dick.
0: (sighs) Yeah. I'm right there with you. He, he always aggravated me he was on come on get get, get out of here go on and get little fat ball guy. <laughs> so Seymour reveals his plan is to save Spira from its cycle of death by becoming sin and destroying all life. So let's talk let's talk about Seymour for a second, dude. Because this is kind of where his uh <clears throat> I, did did they mention this in part two? I can't remember when he fought him the first time.
1: About what his overall plan was? No, no, no. no. This is, I think this is the first time you hear about it.
0: This is the first time. I know he says it twice. I couldn't remember if it was now or, or no future short.
1: It's It's now and later.
0: Yep. Okay. So he talks about saving Spira from the cycle of death by becoming sin and destroying all life. So basically, he would destroy sin, becoming sin, and then he would destroy the world, basically. I like... I like this aspect of the character. I I like this uh, motivation that he has to to destroy the world. He thinks he's saving it, but he's actually destroying it. And I'm trying to think of a recent Marvel movie because it it reminds me of something where they're like, I'm going to I'm saving the world by destroying it. And it's kind Um, of fun to you
1: could could go with Thanos or you could go with a Malthus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a huge one that I was. I was thinking of Thanos. Yeah, to some some degree was was kind of in those long along those lines. I, I like it when when cr- not criminals, when villains have the the motivation and they are one hundred percent behind it. You know, behind they stick to their convictions that they're like, hey, I'm I'm trying to save the world. Ah, but are you, dude? It sounds like you're kind of killing us all.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no salvation and complete and total annihilation. But I'm with you. I'm about the conviction, though. I can get behind that villain.
0: Yeah, the dude is 100% sticking by it. And I, I love when I love it when they can write villains that way. Uh, it makes them way more interesting for me. That
1: kind of also tips you off to why he wanted to try to peaceably marry Yuna because he thought that that was his ticket.
2: Yeah,
0: but, you know, we wouldn't have a game if that was the easy way, right? You're right. You're right. Uh, so, yeah, this is why he wanted to marry Yuna. He knows the truth behind the uh, final summoning. Seymour absorbs the fireflies uh, from Maester Keenock's body, which he can do now that he is unsent and transforms into Seymour Natus, but is defeated. Uh, probably the the most difficult boss fight up to this point because he has like this monster beside him. Uh, that will heal itself by sapping Seymour's strength and Seymour using uh, ma- multiple magic spells at once. Like uh, He just does multi-blizzard attack, and it just fucking just wrecks your team. Because yeah. it's just it's essentially two hits at one time. And uh, if you aren't 100% prepared for this, he's just going to just wreck you. Uh, so, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, there are several boss fights in this game that are, in in a way, contingent on having a certain ability. If you have, at this point in the game, if Yuna has worked her way to the Reflect spell on the Sphere Grid, this is probably the easiest boss battle you've played up until now. Because if you can survive for two or three turns for her to cast Reflect on all of the party members that are active, then he he not only can't hurt you, but he hits himself because it reflects back at him. But if you don't have Reflect yet, it sucks because those Blitzara and the he's hitting you for like 1500 and 1500 twice in a turn. Yes.
0: I don't know if I had Reflect at this time. I definitely didn't fucking use it. <laughs> That's the
1: case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, if you didn't, I'm, I know you have it by now. So if, you, if you're going up against a Magic Fiend or a Magic Boss or whatever, if you can get Reflect on somebody, they essentially just beat the shit out of themselves. Shout out. Yep.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I lost twice to this boss, mainly because I just I just sucked, Uh the first time and the second time I lost because I had like fucked up my game plan and basically just gave up so I could start over. So, yeah, uh-huh. I did lose. I did lose twice to him. But one of them was I was just not expecting him to to hit as hard and the the game plan that he was going with. It was just like it kind of threw me off. and I was like, what the fuck? And it, it was basically me chasing my tail the entire time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see that. I mean it's a it's a very different boss battle.
0: So what I've kinda I don't know about you, I mean you used reflect obviously, but me, with the uh with the monster that saps his uh his strength, I would try to pick attacks that hit multiple targets at once. Mm-hmm. So I would hit so the it, monster yeah. and then hit him at the same time. So when the monster needs to sap his energy or sap his health, he saps even more health from him. I was like, oh, look, I got you, man. I got you. Yep. Yep, yep, gonna, yep. You're not going to fuck me three times in a row. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> Take your multi-thundega and shove it. <laughs> Shut up your ass.
0: <laughs> so, uh, leaving Bevel for the Macalania Woods, Yuna, her faith in Yevon, shaken, goes off into the woods to be alone. Uh, Titus follows and, follow- and finds Yuna in the spring, he reveals he knows the truth behind the final summoning and apologizes for talking about life after defeating Sin, believing he had only depressed Yuna. And guys, this is the scene, okay? If you're the getting this part, this is the start of the scene. And it's a fucking great one at that. Uh, overall, it's probably the best scene so far in, in the game. Uh, felt like it's kind of like the perfect ending to, to this part. And it just really works for me after fighting Seymour. I think if you had put this scene uh, before Seymour or maybe even a little bit later down the road, I don't know if it works as well. But as soon as you fight Seymour and you beat him and then you have this, I think the emotion from the last several hours of the game of you trying to find Yuna, you finally catch up to her and then you're fighting Seymour. And then to have this scene, I thought was was perfect. I thought it was placed perfectly in the game and it just made it so much more emotional uh, for me watching this.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. The timing is as perfect as it could have possibly been.
0: And I, I didn't even mention it earlier, but do you remember when they're on the bridge and they're going to fight Seymour when he first shows up? It, it's uh, it's Kamari tells them to run and he basically uh-huh. he's, he's sacrificing himself. I do. And they, they run down the, the runway, and then Titus and Eunice stop, and they're like, we're not going to leave them behind. And Oren's like, fuck that. Fuck Kamari. <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> buy you a new cat. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> the dude shit the litter box one too many times. He, <laughs> <leave them behind. laughs> he made his choice. Or, yeah. Fucking straight savage. I just tell Yuna, Hey, I will go wherever you go. And like, he is strongly hinting that if she goes, he will follow her. So she goes after him and then he follows her. And then obviously the rest of the team is going to follow him. I thought that was a, was a great scene. And I didn't really mention it earlier, but that just really adds to that overall character development between these two, like their closeness at this point is like, they couldn't get any closer. And oh, yeah, no, no,
1: for sure. This is definitely the it's a pinnacle for them, and it's the pinnacle for when this scene happens. And I do love that scene on the high bridge because after they go back, everybody follows them except for Orin, and all that's left is Orin and Lulu, and even Lulu's like, hmm, I think I'll go too. And at that point, you just see Orin's face, and he's just like, God, these fucking millennials, I swear. <laughs> like, I try to do one thing. But, all right, piece- fine. So he reluctantly finally goes back. It's it's cool scene.
0: I, I love how he just kind of smirks and he just kind of uh like scoffs. He just goes, huh, and then you just see yep. him running after. He's just like motherfuckers, man. <laughs> There's like <laughs> he got me on this one. Titus got me on this one. I'm, I'm gonna get him later. Don't worry. I,
1: I guess I'll go. <laughs> Little I'll, shit.
0: I, I'm gonna get him back. I'm, I'm gonna be uh silent on some other issues. <laughs> <With a fight>. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. I'm gonna
1: tell Yuna you know, he cries a lot. <laughs> Little cray, baby.
0: So Yuna finds out or not finds out. She says that uh Titus's words about uh, life after after sin and all that, she said those words or let me phrase that. I'm saying all this wrong. I apologize. Yuna says that his words were making her happy. Like when he was talking about life after sin, uh that just made her happy, so she never really said anything. Uh Titus tries to persuade Yuna to quit the pilgrimage and stay with him, and though tempted. Yuna cannot allow Sin to run rampant across Spira. Uh, she breaks down in tears, and Titus confronts her, or comforts her. I can't fucking read today, guys. I'm sorry. And they embrace and Sherry kiss under the full moon. Cue the Boys to Men soundtrack, because these two are fucking tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, I, they kiss, yeah, sure. not you like, is this like the Japanese way of saying that these two are fucking, because they're like floating in this, in this, water and shit. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, they, they totally banged. Totally.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's like PG rated anime sex, essentially. And even the, the writer confirmed it later. I mean, cause everybody was kind of wondering like, was it just like a 45 minute long kiss? Or were you trying to insinuate that they had sex? And he was like, no, they had sex. I'm like, yeah, they they definitely had sex. Cue the music rise. The, the best part about the whole scene is this, obviously it's 20 minutes long. The music's cool i mean and it's it's full c g i too It's not just like the the basic animations that you get for a lot of the game, but after it's over, the camera pans back to Kamari, and then he just like slowly turns around and walks away, so it tells you he sat there and watched it the entire time <laughs> 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 like he decides to leave and give him privacy for the cuddling after but
0: <laughs> it's like. Dude, you've already watched it all. <laughs> why? Why are you leaving now?
1: <laughs> why li- I just imagine Lulu like walked up behind him and hit him with a water spell. <laughs> Bad cat, <laughs> get the fuck out of here!
0: But just just to confirm, Yuna did grab his chocobos. Just saying,
1: she did. Yes.
0: So uh, they return to the party, and you know they have the uh, the bedhead and everything uh, to continue their journey into the Calm Lands and onward to Mount Gagazette. And that is where we end part three. So overall impression, Sarah, what did, what did you think about part three overall?
1: Um, part three is probably, honestly, up to this point, my favorite overall. It's it's a lot of story and it changes up the gameplay a pretty good bit because for a while you lose Yuna. So you have to figure out how to operate without her. And
0: God, that was so tough. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the terrain changes like four drastically different times. You go from lightning to blizzard to snowstorm to calm, essentially, uh, which doesn't really affect the overall scheme of the battles, but it just gives you some sweet scenery to watch along the way. Uh, you learn a lot of plot lore in Baville, and you get to wreck Seymour shit again. That's always fun. And then, honestly, everything that you work up to until this point climaxes when everybody's finally reunited all at once. And it's a long chunk of gameplay, but honestly, to me, when I play through this entire section, it never feels like I'll look at the save point when I'm done, and I'll realize, wow, that took like nine and a half hours, but I feel like it was only like two to three hours, because it just doesn't seem like it's taken that long. It's easy flow, and it just plays well start to finish.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree, dude. You know, r- part two is really where this game kind of took off for me, and I really, really love part three. I don't know if I liked it more than part two, per se. I, th- I think I like the overall like mechanics, and like you said, some of like, the individual boss fights, and uh, battles with the fiends, how you're kind of now juggling multiple spells and abilities slash skills, and mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of different things. I do like that aspect to it, and I'm slowly kind of catching on to all that. Uh, obviously, the Thunder Planes is fucking bullshit and the Trials are yep. shit. That's true. This is where I want to talk about the Trials for a second, okay? The Trials, I could not fucking care less about. I give no fucks about the Trials. I have no desire to sit there and like figure that shit out because they're just not super interesting to begin with. It's basically just try this over and over until you get it right. And I don't like puzzles like that. Okay. Touche. Like they, they do that a little bit in Breath of the Wild, where it's just like you're kind of just guessing your way through some of the shit. But like some of the uh some of the uh the shrines and shit like that in Breath of the Wild, it, it's not. It's basically you trying to figure out, okay, how do I get how do I get up there? So I gotta move this to there and all that. So it's it's kinda like you're you're trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. This just seems like Okay, I got to take the spear from here and go here. But okay, that didn't fucking work. And it's just it's just it. I don't don't know if it's the design of it, but it just doesn't feel as as interesting to me as anything that's done in like Breath of the Wild or or other games like that.
1: No, no, that's absolutely fair. I mean, I respect the attempt to give us a puzzle aspect because I love puzzle aspects of games. But you're right. I mean, they're all the same concept. They just get more tedious as you progress through them. So nothing really changes other than they just wind up taking longer. So I I hear you on that. I'm with you.
0: And this section does have two of the worst uh, trials in the game. So just go ahead and just point that out. That's true. But I thought the story overall was absolutely fantastic. Uh, It really ramped up stakes. And we kind of now know what the ultimate game goal is. Uh, Great emotional scenes. Obviously, the non-sex sex scene with Una and Titus was fantastic. Uh, the destruction of home i mentioned that earlier was was a great scene the wedding sequence all great just all fantastic and uh some of the some of the best sequences in the game up to this point for sure mm-hmm. like, even in, in parts one and part two like you may have had like one two like great scenes between characters and whatnot dude there's like multiple multiple in uh part three uh, the boss battles were great and engaging. Uh, they're basically just like mini mini puzzles themselves, trying to figure out how the fuck to to kill these guys the best. Uh, I love the tug of war aspect in the uh, in the boss battles. It's not just a straightforward, let's just deal damage until he's done. You know, there's actually a way that you have to kill them, and like you said earlier, there's multiple ways that you can go about uh, taking out some of these bosses, and that's really adding a lot of a lot of depth to the to the game.
1: Right. Uh I was going to ask before we before we wrap this section up cuz I didn't realize we breezed past it when we were talking about the Via Purifico. When you were doing the section with the the swimming characters, Titus Waka and Riku and you had to fight Evre the second time, remember the zombie version? Mhm. Did you struggle with him?
0: The uh, the one the second time. Which one are you talking about?
1: The one you fought in the water? The the black the black dragon? Undead Shinron? Did
0: I fight him a second time? <laughs> you should have. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Sh- Wait, Shinron in the water. Yeah, you had to open the gate, right? And you basically just run away from him.
1: Oh, okay. I I, I didn't realize that you could even do that. I didn't realize you could run from him. Mm, all, right. all right. I'm trying to. Remember. That was one of the. That was one of the things that I was going to ask you about. One of the things that I withheld from you to see if you could figure it out or how mad you'd be after. I was just going to see how that played out. So he's undead and if you can you can literally kill him, like overkill him, without him ever even hurting you. It's kind of an Easter egg in the game. Since he's undead, if you steal from him with Riku, you can get a cool item, and then you just have Titus and Waka both hit him with a Phoenix down, since he's technically a zombie, it'll do nine thousand damage and then nine thousand damage and it overkills him before he ever gets a chance to attack.
0: Oh yes, no, I did do that. I did do that. Okay. I, I nice. remember that from the uh, first playthrough. Go oh, ahead. I got you. All right. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, I, you uh, you like strike a door to open the door from that's behind you. And then it's like a little he like chases you or some shit. And then I use like the, the two Phoenix Downs or, or something like that. I can't remember. I, I, didn't, I didn't struggle with it.
1: OK, damn, I'm a little Do let sp- down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was such a letdown.
1: Yes, so much, so much build up for very little climax. Story of my life. Story of my fucking life.
0: <laughs> That's going to be it for part three, guys. Part four, we will cover the uh, Comlands, Mount Gagazette, Xanarkand, and SideQuest as well. Uh, stop at the end of Xanarkand when you get picked up on the airship, but feel free to do side quests after that point, which uh, we will discuss some of those next week. Chris has already sent me a game plan of everything that I need to do uh, after I get to after I get past Xanarkand. I got a little checklist I have to run through. Is it where they get on the airship they get to go do the side quests? Is that right?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you get access, at, at the end of Xanarkin, you will have access again to the airship, which is kind of spoilery, but at the same time kind of not, because it's not really story relevant other than you have access to the airship, so you can fr- move around a little bit more freely, and that's when you can kind of explore a few of the optional missions.
0: Yeah, so y'all go and, uh, I guess, look look that shit up and try to take care of some of those side quests. Uh, But we will cover all those side quests on part four. So maybe if you're not even sure where to go, we got you covered, guys. And I know Chris has this covered because that dude is a fucking walking uh, walkthrough, (laughs) okay? He is a breathing walkthrough
1: for me. It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) I'm so hard.
1: (laughs) Yes. Not anymore. It's over. Uh, I finished. (laughs) Uh, But yeah,
0: guys, that's going to be it from us. Y'all go ahead and play through part four. Be ready for that. And uh, we are almost done with this game. Almost. Uh, Although part four is uh, pretty lengthy, I would say.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gameplay wise, it is. It probably won't actually be as much to talk about as we covered today. But well, if you throw in some of the optional missions, yeah, it could be. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. It's a pretty good chunk regardless.
0: Absolutely, guys. But either way, we're almost done with the game. And we appreciate y'all joining us for this deep dive series into Final Fantasy X. Uh, But we'll catch y'all next week on Part 4. So, uh, laters.
1: Later.